everybody. Have you ever met somebody and thought, this person's gonna be successful at whatever they decide to do in life? Our guest today is somebody that I've known for a long, long time, and I'm pretty sure I thought that the first time I ever met him. He's someone that has taken a hobby and turned that hobby into a passion, and that passion has led to a career that's taken him around the world. Uh, he's somebody that I am excited to talk to today and just proud to say that I know. Uh, if you're into videography, sports, just listening to people talk about cool stuff, then today's podcast is for you. Uh, without further ado, I cannot wait to introduce you to Mr. Daniel Jeremiah. So Daniel, talk to us a little bit about, let's just tell the world who you are and what you do. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. I mean, I think, I think uh, what I'm most known for probably right now is I just, I make videos, take pictures. I just do creative stuff. Um, I think forever creativity has been at the core of what I've tried to do with my life. And I just didn't stick it, like find the thing until much later in my life. But yeah, as of right now, I, uh, I make, I make stuff. I like to take pictures, shoot videos, uh, lately getting into some artsy stuff with my kids, yeah. figuring out that I like to color. So having a good time with some of that. Um, but yeah, no, pretty much just do creative stuff. It's good. <laughs> really hitting some, some high level paint by numbers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really good at getting in those lines right now. Yeah. I'm feeling really good about it. Um, I mean, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, you've been, as long as I've known you, passionate about everything that you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you've always, I think, been able to strike that, that balance that not a lot of really passionate creatives can do of, of being like a good, normal human being, but also very creative and passionate about whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's, you know, art or sports or, I mean, I think when I first met you, you were in high school playing basketball. So that's right. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's uh, something I've admired about you for for years and years and years. So thanks, man. I mean, you know, I my, my wife might disagree with you that I that I can be a normal human being because um, <laughs> it's it's true. Like I I get she uses the word obsessed. Like I get I laser beam in on something. So yeah. if I if I get the slightest interest, then I want to go all the way, figure it out, watch tutorials, be the best I can be at it, even if that's like. Perler beads, Super Mario necklaces, which that's a real thing I got to do for a while. Um, <laughs> there's a YouTube Wait, tutorial. One more time. What is that? There's a YouTube tutorial online right now from like 08 of me showing you how to make a Perler bead necklace out of any 8-bit Nintendo character. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would wear them around. Wow. Yeah, like I sold a lot of them off my neck to moms who wanted it for their kids. Uh, but there's a tutorial on YouTube right now. If you just type in my name and Perler bead Mario necklace... It's uh perler hustle. Yeah, yeah, it's not Living bad. Perler life. <laughs> but no, I mean honestly though like that that does just define my life. I mean that when I was in high school and it was sports, um I was tunnel vision and it was like I'm going to go to the NBA. Just what it is. No other option. Not having the realistic like ideals of what that really meant. It was like, "Oh, I finally had to decide maybe I'm not going to do that." Right. <laughs> I might not have the chops for that. Uh I had the same dream in like second grade. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Pro basketball player. Yep. Totally. Yep, and every time on those questions, when you do the goal setting, I'm like, I'm so tired of writing NBA all-star all the yeah. time. Oh. Like, I, you know, like, he's like, of course, it's what everybody knows. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go do. And like, <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know. I just like, once I figured out though, that creativity was specifically with like video and with photos, um, was a way for me to express myself, uh, up until that point, I only had 
my family to show stuff to, and they're never going to say a bad thing about anything you do. You know, you make anything and you show your mom and your sister and your dad, they're like, oh man, that's just great, honey. But it was never this idea of, could you make money? Right. Could, could I make a living taking pictures, shooting video? And it's evolved to way more than that since then. Like I've, I've done a lot of things in the last eight to 10 years, but like <clears throat> the idea of that I make a living now just doing the one thing that fuels me most creatively is kind of a mind blow. It's crazy to that, me. That's so cool. I mean, we, you know, we all met, well, not met, but, you know, really hung out a lot um, because we worked in for the same coffee company. And the, one of the really cool things about that line of work is none of us really work more than about six hours a day. Yeah. So you got a lot of extra time to go fuel whatever fire you, you're into. And or piss it away. Or piss it away, which frankly, <laughs> most of us probably did. Yeah. But every once in a while, you run into somebody that was super into, you know, exploring what they were into. And I think the, you know, the thing that really caught my eye when when you were doing that, I remember you bringing in a skateboard one time to to our warehouse that you had outfitted as uh, like uh, like a, for a camera. Yeah. And you had the camera on it and you were a moving dolly. it back and forth as a yeah, camera dolly, um, taking really cool shots of the underside of the espresso machine as espresso dripped out. And I was like, God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, man. <laughs> I have a tutorial on YouTube on how to make that too. So uh, Daniel actually has oh, yeah. cornered the market on YouTube videos. <laughs> and if you want to make things out of PVC pipe and plywood, you can go check it out. <laughs> you can make anything out of PVC pipe, I feel like. Also, nobody needs to go to college anymore. Like, no. There just needs to be a YouTube degree. That's, right. that's so true. Like, I can. I don't need to go to college. I can Google this. So true. You know, funny story about those early days of learning video stuff. The video and like it's nothing to to you, Casey. But one of the videos I show as how far I've come is the video we shot for for a promotional video that was just we did it on a whim, really quick. It was really silly. Had one little funny beat, um, but there's so much technical error in how I shot it, captured it, everything. And so a lot of, I use it as a reference when I'm teaching people. Yeah. I'm like, this is where I started. And people still think it's funny, but they're like, but yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> it looks terrible. <laughs> was it the one where we were uh, filming? <laughs> yeah. With, <laughs> I was telling these guys about this earlier. This yeah, is we were literally just talking about that. So earlier. funny. So, um, so just for the two of us in here that weren't in the room when we filmed that, um, the context was we were making these, well, Daniel was making these little short videos for um, the coffee company that we work for that that we were just kind of putting on a YouTube page, um, mostly as just an excuse to watch Daniel do cool things <laughs> and be on camera. And I talked him into letting me be in one of them where we we were like, it was like a tight shot of some guy's face and, and he was supposed to be chilling at the beach right mm -hmm. and then pan back out and we were sitting in our warehouse and he was on like a lawn chair and i was fanning him and i squirted him in the face to, with the with it spray holds bottle. up man it's still funny yeah right it's still a funny bit i mean you I also did the voiceover for that oh right you did the radio voiceover it was my first voiceover yeah it's so, great and here we are that's right everyone talks about you know especially i think when you're working with young people you know you always have that conversation with people like hey you can do whatever you want, right? You just got to get out there and make it happen. Like that, that old cliche where if, you know, if you, you know, whatever, if you, uh, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life or whatever. Um, you're one of the first people I ever, that I ever knew that did that, where you literally just 
took something you were passionate about and you kept doing it until someone finally paid you for it. <laughs> it's that you're not wrong at all. But it's funny because I, I love that you brought up the kind of the cliche of, you know, find what you love and do it and get good at it and, and don't let anybody tell you different, you know, and I, it's garbage. It's a horrible, horrible piece of advice, in my opinion. Passion, be, I think, is really overused. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, because... I feel like I work harder than I ever have in my whole life, but I would never change it. But I, but it's, but it's, it's, it'd be lying to say every day is like, just like floating out of bed, you know, like every, every, every moment is blissful. It's like, no, I work really hard to keep doing what I'm doing, but I also have perspective of what it was like to clean spreader parts at a mill on a graveyard shift. Like, right. I don't want to go back to that. It's, so, you know, you're never like, if you have a job like that, I think, you know, in my opinion, if you work for someone else or you're not doing whatever it is that you're passionate about, potentially you may not love what you do, but you're also probably not just clawing to keep yourself in it, right? Like you have a, there's some very nice comfort in knowing that you can show up for your shift and at the end of the week, there's going to be some money and, you know, whatever. But if you're working for yourself and you're doing that passion project, you know, sometimes you're just trying to keep your head above water. Totally. Uh, which is a, which is a panic thing. Yeah. That's not floating to work. That's, that's trying not to it's drown. It's really scary. You yeah. said that if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life or whatever. Yeah. They were full of shit, man. It's Bunch true. Jerks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's true. It's like the, the piece about that, that I think is, is wrong is like, there are plenty of days where making videos feels very much like a job. Yeah. Where I'm like, this feels no different than any other job. But because I'm, I care about the craft, I keep trying to get better at the craft and I know I've got a different opportunity next time. And that is the difference to me and that changes my mindset about the work. So it's still a job, but my mindset is different than it was when I clean, was cleaning spreader parts, yeah. right? Like I have a reason to do it. And so I've kind of like, where I kind of go with it now is, you just have to have a reason. You have to have a reason to want to do a good job at whatever it is you're doing. Right. If I were to go back today and have to go back to cleaning spreader parts, I'd have to be able to find a reason to want to be good at it. Somehow take pride in your work. Yeah. How can I be, how can I care to right. make it worth my time? And anyway, that, that, that it's not about the work. It's about your mindset and approach to that work. If you've ever taken a class at a community college, right? If you're, if you're the, and maybe it's all colleges, I don't know, but if, but if you're, there's frequently some, older people that are mixed in, sprinkled in on the class. And those people are always sitting up front and they've taken copious notes and they're raising their hand all the time. They're answering all the questions. And if you're a 19, 20 year old student in that room, you kind of just want to like make fun of <laughs> them. And, shut up, and, yeah, please yeah. get God, us out of here. If, if Alice would just shut her damn mouth, we would all <laughs> so be able to, but, but Alice has figured out she's there because she wants to be, needs to be not just because it's the thing you're supposed to be doing. Totally. Um, Same experience, different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, she's, and Alice is probably getting more out of it than me in the back telling her, be quiet so I can get out of here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're really interrupting yeah. my nap here, Alice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Annoying how much you care, yeah. Alice. Stupid Alice and caring. <laughs> God, there's this party I was at last night that was yeah. rad. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Get it. Yeah. Damn, Alice. <laughs> Sorry, Alice, if you're listening. What kind of, what kind of camera work are you doing? What? Yeah. So it's kind of changed in the last... 18 months, um, I kind of went through a pretty typical, what I would call come up phase, which, uh, in my freelance work was 
literally anything. My yeah. first paid gig as a freelance videographer outside of the coffee company work I was doing, first paid gig was the Battle in the Berg here in Roseburg. Yeah. That okay. were like the local MMA fights. Right. They were just like brutal fights. And I'll, I mean, I'll never forget, I got blood on my lens and oh i was freaked God. out I'm like googling like does blood come off glass like <laughs> like how is it did i just ruin my camera you know and uh that was my first paid gig and it was like that kind of was how it was for the first two years I just anything that came my way yeah and that that turned into like weddings it turned into i made like a like a series on how to catch rats for a guy yeah um yeah like anything anything that would some again enough films just yeah, some, that anything weird? that would bring in money it was just <laughs> and i just did a lot of weird stuff like that um but in the last 18 months my, my if i were ever to you know describe my dream gig with videos uh it was it's never to make a movie never to do short films or any of that it would be to make something like a 30 for 30 yeah uh sports and music are the two things that I just care most about. And I love telling stories behind the scenes of those people that you just, you love and you watch right. and, and, you know, you care about. And so that's the dream. And in the last 18 months, I've, I've been getting to like do some of that work and it's been awesome. It's, How stoked are you about this, uh, this new series that the ESPN's putting out about the nineties the era bulls? I, I, I'm, well, one, when I first saw the first, when it first dropped, I was so excited. Yeah. Now I'm irritated because it's past the date they said it would be. And they put out a new trailer for a new release date. In June. In June. So I missed the part that that was supposed to, I just assumed it was coming out right then. I didn't know that they redid the dates on it. I was just like, why the hell are they advertising this thing that I want to see now for June? Like... It's going to be the greatest thing ever. It's going to be so good. And the music that's that they've got in the ad is just like Yeah, it's badass. It's it's uh yeah. I mean it's it's about the Bulls uh when they were just like the dynasty and they've got a sit down interview with Jordan which is like not common right yeah. at all. And it's going to be awesome. I, I like I'm that's probably the thing I'm most excited about for 2020 to watch. Like to <laughs> to watch is not any movies. It's going to be that. Right. Yeah. Like Eight-year-old me is excited. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Quick question. Yeah. So when you, when you guys like, you know, playing some b-ball with your friends at school or whatever, or, you know, your friend's house, mm -hmm. did you ever... a couple of guys. Hmm? Were up to no good? No good. Did they start making trouble? <laughs> start you making trouble oh, in man. my neighborhood. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, did you ever like pick your favorite like basketball player? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and play as them. Yeah, I'm still I, Charles Barkley every time I play yeah, basketball. I was like, I was like, I think I was Pippin. Um, I was Drexler for a little bit. <sighs> yeah, I uh, if, if you know if Jordan wasn't already picked, right? Like I perma owned Jordan. Yeah, and I actually, no joke, I had to defend that title multiple times because they because <laughs> they'd be like, I want to be Jordan. I'd be like, Yo, beat me in one on one. You're gonna have Jordan. I mean, Dude, when I was younger, that's I was what Jordan I was, would do. Hey, I was th I'm six one. I was this tall in eighth grade. So I owned the courts when I was younger. Uh, so Dunking on fools like, left Jordan? and right. Come at me for it. Like, like, you get it, Michael Jordan. You're my new bull, yeah. you tall freak. <laughs> like a year no, later, they were like, yeah, I don't know. You're a little bit too short to be in the NBA. It's, it's so true. By the time I got to high school, I was like, well, you have to be a point guard because you're really short. See, <laughs> I, I, I was this height in the eighth grade. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was like, well, yeah. So Charles Barkley was my favorite player. For those that don't know, he's only 6'4". So I'm like, all I have to do is be 6'4", and I can make it to the NBA. And um, 
And, and so when I got to high school, they didn't say you have to be a point guard. They just said, you're really slow. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can still come out for the team. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, there is something really funny about what you just said. Cause it's true. It was true for me too, which was all I got to do is be at least six, five, and I can be the greatest shooting guard of all time. Yeah. Like it was all about height. Yeah. Even my dad was like, son, as long as you get to be at least six four, you'll be okay. Yeah. Like there's a lot of other factors that go into being a good <laughs> basketball player other than height. But it was that was my whole thing was like, as long as I keep growing, yeah. This is it's a done deal. So I gotta know more than just being short to be an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> there's some other criteria. I gotta know to how that. to fly the spaceship. Uh, I mean ah, so you're filming some some cool stuff i mean let's yeah i mean we can dive into it if you want to i mean i've got i've got some stuff that's there's just no way around it humble brag have to just like name it's just what it is but i'm proud of it yeah and it's one of those few times in my life where it's like i am so proud of something i'm working on that i don't mind well, just, just dropping it let, yeah let's jump so so daniel is by nature an incredibly humble guy and so i called his sister yesterday um or texted her and i was like hey listen i'm gonna interview your brother tomorrow and he's not going to want to talk about himself. So I need to know like what, what he needs to brag about. And she said that I had to ask you about what you did two weeks ago. So yeah. what really cool thing did you do okay, two weeks ago? Okay, so two weeks ago, uh, that, that's a huge one. Um, and it's funny because this guy is kind of in the news right now. But uh, two weeks ago, I flew to Cleveland on a Friday and spent all day Saturday with Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, Oh, shoot. Yeah, and we filmed. Uh, we're working on a project with him. First time I'd ever met him, and it went really well. But uh, we only filmed for like 20 minutes, and we knew that going in. It was me and my buddy who was kind of—he's kind of like my manager, I would call it. He helps me like land this stuff, and uh, it was really funny because the whole way over, again, it's like a—it's like seven to eight hours worth of travel to get there, and like we're gonna have about 20 minutes with him. Oh, and I've—I've—I've I've, I've worked with enough like high level, high profile people to know that that's usually the truth. Like you're not going to get any more than they've allocated, maybe less. What was and like the constraint? What's that? They're like constraint specifically. For what? Them. Like why only 20 minutes? Yeah. Cause he had other stuff he wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. Cause, yeah. There, was, <laughs> cause there was eight yeah. other camera crews with that had 20 minutes lined up with him. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. And, and, and so this was a project for a, uh, a supplement company that he's starting and it was to kind of create a short docu series vibe video, kind of talking about why, like why is why does it exist? And uh, anyway, we get over there. I'm like 20 minutes. I got 20 minutes. I uh, I have one light. I've got two cameras, and I have no idea where we're going. And we get to his house. We, we were going to his house. Now I find out. We get there, and I'm expecting what I'm used to in the high profile world, which is like for like manager PR, like all these people, uh, all this stuff, all these things, a posse of people around him, like all these things. There's one car in the driveway. It's him and like a few friends. Wow. And he, the first thing he says to us is it was the day of the Niners game for or AFC and an NFC championship. He goes, yo, y'all want to watch football for a while before we do this? And it was funny because like <laughs> we looked at him and we were both like, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And he's like, cool. And he turned around and started to walk away. And we looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> like, like geeked out so hard, right? Yeah. We're like, we're gonna go watch football with Odell Beckham Jr. Like it was just one of those sentences that was like, what's going on? So anyway, so we're hanging out, super chill, nice guy. And uh 
And then he's like, all right, man, like, let's go do this. And we film for 20 minutes, knock it out. He's like, one take wonder, we're finished. And so I'm packing up and I'm like, wow, what, what a time. That was a crazy experience. We're flying out at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, like wild. And he goes, he's like, y'all trying to kick it and hang? Like, you should stay. We got food, we got drinks. Like, let's watch more football. And nice. stayed at his house till like midnight. Whoa, and uh dude. just kicked it that's so great and he's a cool dude and we and we talked more and more and while we were there one thing that i do that most people don't is uh i make sure that i'm like editing really fast like i want things to be done really quick and uh so i already had a rough cut of the video at his house and i showed it to him and uh now we're talking about i can't really talk about it but we're talking about another project yeah. that is going to be way more intimate way more hands-on and it would require like a lot more hangout sessions. Very so, cool. Hell it's yeah. cool, man. We're like we're developing this relationship, and it's great. Pretty soon he'll be, you'll be the guy that he gets to go get hundred dollar bills that he can pass out at that's the right. National that's right. Championship game. That happened the day after we hung out with him. Are you serious? Or the, well, I guess the second day after that. Yeah. This is where you should tell the world that uh, that you know those were edited dollar bills. He's and, misunderstood, uh, man. No. Yeah. He just, <laughs> yeah. But but any but you know like it's you know obviously I've been a fan of his for a while, but it it wasn't even so much. It wasn't that I was just geeking out that he was a really talented athlete or anything. It was that this project was what I've been saying forever that is like my dream, you know, like a docu-series about an athlete and something he's doing. And it's, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, holy smokes, this is the thing. This is the thing I've been trying to do forever. Um, and so I've been doing that. I've got some stuff going on right now with Nike and with Jordan. Um, I can't talk about a couple of them, but the ones I have been doing is with their internal team, yeah. which is really great because then I get to know the marketing team, which then the relationship is everything. Right. And then that's what goes to the next thing. So I'm doing work for these companies that I've looked up to my whole life. That's so know? great. So that's, that's the last 18 months. And that's the stuff that's like, that's why I'm so quiet on social now. I can't, I can't share anything anymore <laughs> that I work on, which is a good thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, like you said, I don't usually like to talk about that stuff, but that this is one of those times where I got to get better at celebrating wins when I get them because right. I usually don't. I just try to move on to the next thing, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta celebrate this one. Build it's okay hype, man. with my friends and with people that you know that know what I've done through my life. Like, it's okay to be like, I'm stoked on this one. This is really cool. Yeah. So anyway, of all of of all of the you know the the basketball players that grew up in uh, in in our area. Um, you're probably the only one that's collecting checks from Nike. So, <laughs> so fair enough. So good job. I fair mean, enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The thing I the thing I'm doing, I'm doing one in February for their sneaker ball. And it's this event they do where everyone dresses up in tuxedos and gowns and then wears their flashiest pair of sneaks. Oh my and gosh. uh they have a musical performance and some other stuff. And I'm gonna kind of make a video recap of that event. So. If you need an intern for that, my 13-year-old son, Colby, uh yeah. who's a sneakerhead, would be yeah, is he? Just, oh my gosh! Dude. What size shoes is, is he wearing? He's a uh, he's a ten and a half, and he's oh my like, gosh. He spends literally spends. He works for his grandma. Yeah, and uh, at a restaurant, and spends every dime that he makes on shoes. Wow, uh, it's amazing. His shoe collection is. Uh, I'm envious. I love that. So I, I'm I'm the same way. I love shoes, and I the thing is is like I'll have to remember his shoe size. If I can cop a pair, I will. Oh my but, gosh, his mind would blow up. But uh, isn't that the the actual like model size? Like the showroom floor size? I think it's nine and a half. Nine, nine and a half. half. I yeah, say I that uh, Source worked at Foot Locker in high school. 
<laughs> I worked at Lady Foot Locker when I moved to LA. Nice. Great, great experience. Oh, such the best. Dude. The so. most common thing that happened to Lady Foot Locker, and this is just, I'm not, there's no stereotype, it's just the truth. At the In LA, at the Lady Foot Locker, women would come up and ask for a size six, and I would, I'd be like, look at the feet and be like, go in the back, and I'd come out and be like, brought you the six, brought you a nine two, just try it. <laughs> Whichever one you think fits better, you let me know. But like, it was, it was nonstop. Yeah. Just like three sizes under, just shove the feet in there. Oh my God. And it was one of those things where I'm like, man, like, I don't get that at all. Anyway. We, uh, so I, I used to coach basketball, um, like college basketball, it was women's college basketball. And so we had, um, we had some, a girl that played for us that was six, five. And she refused to let us list her. Most basketball players always list themselves at at least minimum the height that they are in their shoes, if not a half inch or an inch taller than that. Yeah. So, um, so she refused to let us list her at her true height because six five was too tall, and so we had to list her at six four. But it was the same thing with her shoes. I remember like getting her team shoes and just being like, "That doesn't that that can't be comfortable." And yeah. she's like, "No, no, no, no," because I don't wear whatever it was. Like I don't wear an eleven. Yeah. I wear a I wear a ten. You know, tens tens more. You know, I felt so bad because, right. you know, I remember growing up, like I thought I wore a size 13. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm getting big. I'm going to be six, five or whatever it was. Right. And I really didn't. I never wore 13. I was, I was a 12. So. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. We have a mutual friend. I'll leave his name out, uh, who always wore a 13. And I was always like, yo, that does not match the foot and the size of the, I don't get it. Yeah. And then, uh, one time we went on a trip together and we all bought Tom's. Uh-huh. And we were getting sized up. And Toms aren't the kind of shoe where you can like have space. They yeah, gotta you don't fit your sloppy. Foot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I'll never forget, she brought the 13 out, you put it on, and it was like, you don't have a big toe. Like, why is there so much <laughs> on the end there? And he was like a nine. Are you serious? And and, and I was like, <laughs> yo, I know brand sizing shifts a little bit. It doesn't go four sizes up or right. down though. And I'm like, why you be wearing shoes that big? And just one of those things, like just something, I think it was like an overcompensation of something or That's I don't know so what it was. funny. got these but, small feet. <laughs> <laughs> but nine was a very appropriate size for his height. It didn't look out of proportion. Yeah. The 13 did. Clown feet. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Side note on shoes, by the way, with Odell, great guy. He was giving us a tour of the house and uh, took us into his closet is not the right word. Um, his small, small warehouse right in the basement. Um, huge, just massive room full of clothes and shoes. And, uh, he looked at my feet and he goes, what are you a 12? I go, yeah. And he just pulled a pair of his shoes off of his rack and gave them to me. Oh my gosh. Um, And then gave me, uh, gave me a cleat of his and then he signed it for me. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. My brother-in-law is a huge fan. Like, I think I'm going to give this to him. He goes, oh, no, hold up. I got you. And he grabbed another one and signed that one for him. And I was so excited, How right? I'm like, this freaking is... freaking out in that moment, dude? I, I was. I, was I, I don't think I held it together well. Yeah. I was like, I was trying to be <laughs> I a... Like, I didn't want to be a fanboy. I'm okay. like, I, I want to have a relationship with this yeah, guy. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm trying not to fanboy, but I know I was a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and then the whole time, I'm just like so grateful, right? And then in my mind, I'm going... Because it was a quick trip, right? So... I had my backpack with my camera gear. I had a carry-on with lights in it. 
I'm like, where am I going to put these shoes? And I had to like strap them around my backpack. I had nowhere to put them. I had nowhere to fit it. And like, I was like, I was going to go buy a bag just to check it. Cause right. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get it home. Uh, I'll but anyway. wear these cleats through the airport. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going <laughs> to, I guess, walk through with cleats on. I don't know. But uh, anyway, super cool guy. I was like, now I got a pair of his shoes at my house. It's really that, cool. That's so great. I mean, I, you know, I don't run into near as many famous people as you do, but the times that, that you do when they're normal or when they're friendly, it's so great because, I mean, you always hear like never meet your idols because, you know, if you're disappointed, whatever. Um, but when, you know, when they exceed expectations, it's so great, man. And, and Odell, especially, you know, the poor guy takes so much heat in the press yeah. for everything, you know, <clears throat> and he's obviously a pretty excited guy about a lot of things. Right. Um, um, you know, it's a high level athlete and that's, that's pretty normal, I think. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's really cool when you hear the human side, uh, cause he, he didn't need to do that. Like he, no, he owed you 20 minutes and yeah. you got to spend a whole day with him that, you know, I mean, I was just camera guy yeah. to be honest with you. Like that's how I assumed I'd be interpreted was like another guy with a camera because right. he's used to that pretty much, but he was super cool. Really wow. accommodating. Really cool. Yeah. I, I've, there's, I have two two encounters with two different celebrities, one that made me love him and one that made me hate him. And and it's wild because, so Robert Downey Jr., I made him coffee in LA when I worked down there and I worked at a coffee shop. Ooh. And we weren't, you're not allowed, because it was in a place where a lot of people would come through. And so you're like not allowed to be like fanboy at all. Right. You can't say anything. You're not even supposed to acknowledge their celebrity. But at the time, Iron Man had just come out and Sherlock Holmes was like, about to come out. I love Sherlock Holmes. Me too. <laughs> so good. And I and I couldn't help myself. I was in, I'm in my mind. I was like, I'll get fired for this. It's okay. Yeah, it's like worth it. it's worth it. You know, at that time. And so I just told him. I said, Hey, sorry, I don't want to like be a bother, but I'm just a huge fan of yours. I've been watching you since like Weird Science back in the 80s. Oh my god, and I love that movie. It's a fantastic movie. Dude, and I was like, uh, Iron Man was just phenomenal, and I can't wait for Sherlock Holmes. And I was expecting a nod, like just anything, maybe even like leave me alone. And he put his coffee down and talked to me for like 20 minutes. Wow. Asked me questions about where I, the first thing he said was, you're not from California, are you? And I said, <laughs> no, I'm from Oregon. He goes, Oregon, I've been there, Ashland. And I go, oh, and he's like, I did some stuff in Ashland. And he, was, he alluded to like, he had a good time in Ashland. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But he... He was asking about me. He was asking about what I was into. And at the end of the conversation was like, hey, Daniel's really nice talking to you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he went and sat down, had his meeting and his coffee. And then the the paparazzi found him and they were just like hounding him with photos, you know. So he, he kind of got up in a hurry, threw his coffee away, ran around the corner. And I was like, oh, see you, RDJ, like later. Yeah, right. And uh, and he Aww. runs, he comes back around up to the window where the coffee shop was. He goes, hey, Daniel, one more time. Just lovely to meet you, man. Appreciate wow. you. Shook my hand and then left. Unreal. And I'm like, forever fan. That, he yeah. can't make a mistake. Right. In my mind. He's he's so awesome. On the other hand, I was at the VMAs and Lil Wayne was one of the performing artists. And where I was was like side stage. And uh, we got to see all the artists like while they're waiting to go perform. And everyone, everybody, Bruno Mars, Beyonce, everybody was cool. That was a big night Shaking. for Beyonce, as I recall. She debuted, yeah, yeah. The, yep. the baby, yeah. Everybody was cool. Little Wayne comes out. There's a girl next to me. She's like, "Little Wayne, like I'm your biggest fan. I love you." And his bodyguard turns and goes, "Shut up, Little Wayne requires silence before a performance." <laughs> 
And I, everybody looked and we were all like, she was heartbroken, but I was like, what was that? What was, what are you kidding? And then his performance was trash and I used to actually like him. And ever since then, now everything he puts out, I'm like, garbage. You're like, don't care anymore. Little Wayne requires silence. Little Wayne's tripping balls right now. He doesn't know what (laughs) what this girl just said. Yeah, but it was just wild. Which one was Little Wayne again? Uh, he was the guy He's who was on guy literally every single thing that came out between like 2005 what? and yeah. bling bling. No, that's 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 uh, a lollipop. John. Little John. Lollipop. Oh. Yeah, he was the dude that was. I used to love him. Little Wayne's yeah. like the one that's like, yeah, he kind of talks like that. That's exactly know? what he sounds like for those of you yeah. that aren't in the rap game. Yeah, yeah I used to love him. Wayne. But anyway, those the, like you said, you don't have to be that way. No, it would have taken minimal effort to go. Thank you, and go back to preparing. Let's sidebar for one second. You are at the VMAs, and the reason for that uh, was because, well, you I mean you should tell the story, but I think this is this is super funny. I remember you telling me this at work, and I'm just like, that Daniel man, he gets himself into the coolest situations. <laughs> so how I did forgot. You- I forgot. I had to ask you for permission to take the day off to drive to LA to go be in the VMAs uh, <laughs> on screen audience. And the reason I was casted as an on screen cast member, they were looking for not white, not black brown but not hispanic people <laughs> ding 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 and i'm like i mean i was the born only place for this. in the world this where that is, is legal l- to ask yeah i was like this is literally and i had to give them a link to my myspace page and they had to like look at my pictures um myspace, MySpace. Mm-hmm. nice Whoa. and uh and uh i just remember being like i'm definitely gonna get it and my wife who's uh also fits that bill korean but fits the bill of just kind of like non-descriptive brown um, we Not both put our names brown. in and we put our names in and I got it and she didn't. Uh, and she was a little bummed about that, but, uh, it, yeah. So I got to be an on-screen cast member and I, and I, only reason I knew about it was because when we lived in LA before we came back, we signed up for all these websites to get tickets to like late night shows and like to be on camera audience member. Um, cause you, they're free. You said you just get notified and try to get a ticket, but this one was one you had to be cast for. Uh, so yeah, hmm. I just was the right skin tone. That's awesome. Your yeah. Pantone's matched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was really funny. Cause then I, when I got there, I'm like, it was just a giant sea of like me, like other people. I'm like, you're definitely not Hispanic. You're definitely not black or white. What are we? What are all of us here? Cause like you, we don't know. Right. It's just a weird melting pot of people. It's great. Is there just, a reason why they were like no whites? No, that is a, it's a, it's a demographic of like. It doesn't because if you have a, a bunch of white people and then a black person or yeah. the vice versa, a bunch of black, it looks weirdly contrasty on camera. Because you're because the on on screen means like when they're performing, you're gonna be in the shot. Yeah, like you're gonna be as part of the audience on stage. Yeah. And I just I, I my assumption is it just makes us blend into the to the audience versus standing out a lot more simple than just saying you know make sure you come with a bitch and tan right totally <laughs> you don't want you to be too tan we don't yeah. want you to be you know white <laughs> yeah it's one of the weirdest was one of the weirdest experiences of my life we couldn't eat for 12 hours they didn't like they didn't say don't eat but they made us arrive super early and gave us no food and we just stood outside in the blazing heat all day long oh my god and just waited and then they judged you. They, there was two people standing there with one person with like a clipboard, another person with like an envelope with colored like, like one was green, orange, and blue, and they had uh, numbers on them. And I gathered quickly that green meant pretty and orange meant maybe the second or third row. <laughs> and, and I, what color and, I you? and I literally, this is so bad. It's just the truth. I look ahead of me. I'm like 50 people deep. I look ahead of me and I'm like, 
I'm definitely better looking than most of the dudes in line. There's like a lot of pretty girls, but I'm like, they got to they gotta have some guys in the front row. I think I'm all right with like the rest of the dudes in front of me. And uh, it was really funny because for me, we get up there. The lady looks at me. The, it's a lady with a clipboard, guy with the envelope. She looks at me, whispers something. The guy reaches in. I see he's got an orange. And I'm like, dang it, dude. <laughs> dang it, man. I'm a green man. <laughs> and, then, and, then some, and then some other person with a headset comes up behind him and whispers something else. And he puts the orange back and grabs a green. Ooh. And I'm like, I bet it was like, I've scoured the audience. This yeah. is as good as it's going to get. It's not getting any better behind him. It's not getting any better. <laughs> We're just going to end up moving him into the green yeah. section later. I'm certain that's what happened. Uh, but it meant that I got to be in the front row, which was great. Nice. Was super cool. Ooh. And then you got to be right there to comfort Beyonce as she was nervous to go on stage. That, that's an embarrassing story that is, I, I looked at Beyonce and I said, uh, she looked nervous. I didn't know she was going to announce that she was pregnant. But she looked nervous, and I thought for some reason I could help out. And I looked at her. I turned, and she made eye contact. I stared hard enough that she had to look back at me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. you can make someone look at you by staring hard enough. And uh, I did that, and she turned and looked at me, and I, she couldn't hear me, so I just mouthed it, and I went, "You're gonna do great." Mm-hmm. And I gave her a thumbs up. And I just think back to that now of like. She didn't care that I said that. Like that had no impact at all. But I remember thinking, like, I'm gonna give her the confidence to go out there and perform with the VMAs. She's just, you know, Queen B, biggest part, star man. on the planet. Yeah, just, yep. You're just there to help out. You're just <laughs> excited to be there. And that's yeah. and that's why everybody loves you, man. Because you are <laughs> you are nice enough to be even give Beyonce yeah. a push of encouragement. You know what? This poor girl. <laughs> She's gone through enough trials and tribulations. You know, it's, oh. it's about time somebody is nice to Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. funny. Gosh, what um, a time. I thought when you were talking about the, the colors that, that they were like the cards they were holding up, that potentially they were actually just going through like shades of tan. Oh, my God. And they're like, you've got to fall in between these two. <laughs> just there's measuring. Up. Do you fit in between oh, these two colors? Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're getting so great. You're we're getting uh, we're looking for an eight and you're a nine. You're so clearly a little too. (laughs) I've got to think in 2020, they can't do that anymore. I feel like it's got to be a little more like they got to be more vague about it, right? They can't say not Hispanic, not Hispanic. Yeah, (laughs) they can't do that. Like, wait a minute, no way. Also, um, if I if I really want to go, like, if I'm Hispanic, I'm probably like, no, man, I'm clearly I don't Asian. Yeah, yeah, but don't judge I'm me. Hawaiian, man. Listen, which, white person, you don't know what the hell you're talking about anyway. Yeah, which, you know, I'll do something right now that I actually hate in movies, but um, I'll name drop the name of your podcast. That's a good moment in my life when I was like, what the F am I doing? Yeah. I was literally standing amongst all my favorite celebrities <laughs> on stage watching them wearing a freaking, wearing fake nerd glasses and a bow tie. Oh, man. Just dressed <laughs> like an imbecile. And like, Staying there, but I'm just like, how did I get here? Like, what, what's going on? Why? How am I here right now? It was a weird moment for sure. That's so great. Little yeah. did you know that that was preparing you to go be a great person in your in your basically interview with uh, with Odell later. That's on. right. But hey, you you know Beyonce too, right? Me too. Yeah. Same. I encouraged her for the VMAs in 2011. She really needed yeah. encouragement, and I was there to give it to her. <laughs> That's right. And she appreciated she it. That's right. She might not remember. without me. I think I encouraged her to do the announcement. She wasn't going to do that yeah. until I gave her the thumbs up. She was really just going to go <laughs> out there and be like, because of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> had a big burrito oh, at lunch. <laughs> How did we get there? That's um, so funny. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for coming on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great stories. Uh, we had other questions. Yeah. Let's so, so let's, you've done, you've done camera work. Um, 
do you think you'll get into like 30 for 30 type type stuff? Is that that's something you're really going to specifically 30 for 30 well, not, or just that type of well, stuff? Actually, did you hear that? Uh, the, the ringer. So, you know, who basically started 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just announced a 30 for 30 style documentary series that they're coming out with uh, based on music. Really? Yeah. So that could be cool. Okay. No, so I'm going to need you to get in on that so that I can come just yeah. follow along. And yeah. I mean, that music is the other big world that, that through, um, funny enough, through the connections I made, the coffee company stuff has led me to be able to make things for artists that I also love, which that, I think that world to me is, seems more ripe for documentary right. stuff. Right now, there's kind of this common, like, very much like a Katy Perry or a Bieber documentary that's pretty heavily produced and pretty big production. And then there's like tour vlogs where a band goes on tour and they vlog their tour. There's something in between there. There's something to be done in the middle of that where it's like a docu-series. And honestly, the new Justin Bieber docu-series coming out, I think is probably on par with what I want to do. I haven't seen it. I've just seen the trailer. It doesn't, I don't think it's out yet. But um but something like that, like a YouTube docu-series that follows and is kind of more of a cinematic storytelling right. of an artist's journey than a vlog or a full-blown documentary, that's where I want to live. So you so need to find an artist that has got, got really, really big, probably done some, some, some things that he shouldn't have done, um, and then blame it on some like random outlying disease that he's picked up. Um, and then, and then the redemption, and you're, then you're gonna do the redemption video. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that would be awesome. So, what you, Looking so you for need, that guy or you, that girl making that mistake right now. You need to find that that person yeah. who's uh, ruining their life, and then gonna blame it on like hypoglycemia. And, <laughs> and, hypoglycemia. And then, oh, just, that's so funny. Here comes the third act. Yeah, Boom. redemption. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's you know, there's there's got to be someone out there on the come up right now, about to make that mistake. That I'm ready to, ready to meet. Let's figure right this person out right now. We'll just let's start <laughs> calling them. Uh, yeah. I, hey, so you're about ready to make this mistake. I'm a guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I feel like you've got a redemption in your future and I want to be there to capture it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've got some questionable oh facial tattoos recently. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. I know the guy. I know the guy. Who? Yeah. Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter. <laughs> Dude, that's the guy. He's ready for a redemption. He, I, no dude, have you been reading his guy. tweets lately? I know you, you, we talked about social media and stuff. You have been doing like a lot of social media, but like his tweets lately, holy smokes, that guy is like. Is he on one right now? Yeah. yeah. Dang. He's, he's hypoglycemic hard right now. <laughs> oh, <dang laughs> yeah. You know what? I just want him to go back to the days where he beat Shaq. Right? That's, that's what I want. I want that Aaron Carter back. What, wasn't Shaq in the music video for that? Yeah. Shaq, Shaq has been in every music video. Shaq's such a humble he's guy. He so just so let this little guy beat the him. basketball sniper. He's so great. He let him make a song about him. Right? About yeah. some little kid beating him one-on-one. Yeah, do you, fantastic. So do you remember, are you old enough to remember when Shaq was coming out of LSU? Yeah. So do you remember the rap group that he was super into at the time, Fushnickens? No. So, so yeah. So Shaq, what? Uh, Shaq was super into this, like, this group called Fushnickens. And at this point, nobody, and by nobody I mean... Uh, white kids from small towns on the West Coast hadn't heard of this band, Fushnickens, but he was so into them, and he was such—he was the biggest thing in the world at the time. That um, that then all of a sudden they got really, really famous, um, but they didn't have any hits. So <laughs> so he was on their the only album that any of them had or that anyone remembers. He was on like their most popular song, and uh, I think it was called "What's Up Doc? Can We Rock?" 
Wow. And, yeah. And then he has a verse on there. You know, Shaq has a couple of really good tracks. Super like, actually good. Shaq is alidocious. Yeah. He says that. Uh, when he went from the Lakers, or from the, yeah, Lakers to the Heat. Yeah. And he made a song about that, about... I think it's called... Was it the Kobe diss track? No, Not but <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. Kobe Bryant's song is also good with Tyra Banks. That's a funny song. I'm more of like a Kazam guy. Dude. Kazam, yeah. yeah. I'm, more, Dude, of, I'm Kazam. more of like that, that, that like era of Shaq. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I got to derail really quickly. Have you guys talked about, thought about, heard about the movie Shazam with Sinbad? Oh, like old movie? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Not a movie. No. Never been made. What? Dude, it, okay, it's called the, what's it called? There's a name for it, but it's a thing that most of the world can agree on is a thing, but it's not. A genie movie called Shazam with, with Sinbad. Sinbad. Pretty sure I've watched it as a child. Yeah. It's never been made. I would have bet money on that. Dude, same. I can see the cover. Wasn't he a genie in some movie though? No. He wasn't? No. And here's the thing. is dude, You're doing it to me right now. Dude, it's... I feel like okay, I've watched this movie. Go and Google it and just look it up. You'll see that like... And he actually... It got so bad last year or two years ago that Sinbad tweeted and he was like, I'll make the movie. But like... <laughs> I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll make it, but it's not a movie. But wow. anyone who's around my age is like, oh yeah, Shazam with uh, Sinbad. Totally. Yeah, totally. And it's hear not him saying, a freaking I am movie. Shazam. I can hear that in my head, but I'm, that's a that's a Kazam thing. So, yeah. Wow. And and most people go, Oh, do you mean Kazam with Shaq? I'm like, trust me, I was very obsessed with both Sinbad and Shaq and their library of work that I know the difference. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that Kazam was kind of a ripoff of Shazam. Growing up, that was where my brain went. But anyway, there's no film called Shazam with Sinbad in it. Sinbad taught me a very important lesson growing up, which was if you're ever late going home, don't be five minutes late because you're going to get in the same amount of trouble whether you're five minutes late or five hours late. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? Wait, what's he had the this reference? stand-up what's, bit about is that, okay, about okay. like you know basically getting in trouble with your parents? He's like, I when I was a kid, I would go home and my mom would say I have to be home by you know whatever ten, and it would be ten oh five, and I'd be pulling in the parking lot. And I knew I was going to get you know my butt whipped when I got home, and so he's like, one day I was just like, well. I'm already going to get my butt whipped. I might as well just stay out till midnight. And, and so then he's like, came in at midnight. I got the same beating I would have got at 10.05. Oh and I went, I went to bed. That's I a was, good lesson. Yeah. I mean, I was never brave enough to utilize that lesson, but, but I learned knew it. The real strat is to be the, uh, the second son. Yeah? Yeah. Because once, once you know parents are over your older brother, like, you know, doing the thing, and like, ah, oh, he's so exhausting. He never comes home at the right time or whatever. Then when it's your turn, and you're the guy that's out late, they're just like, He's fine. Yeah. That's like, that's how I did. We were worked up for nothing. Just let him stay out. Yeah. I, I was yeah, a only yeah. child. That never happened. I was, I was in college, uh, still living with, at home with my parents, having to come home and, and wake my mom up to tell her I was home. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, I basically had to leave home to, like, it's worth paying rent to not have to do that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so, so what, you got to go hang out with OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting ready to make the Aaron Carter documentary. Um, <laughs> yeah. What other places has has your camera taken you? Uh, one one area that is not necessarily like, I mean, it's kind of glamorous, I guess, but it's not so much of like a thing you talk about a lot, but that really is cool is I, I put my work out to places I want to travel. Yeah. 
to travel agencies or to like hotels or even like um like in Hawaii in Kauai there's this uh boat tour Kauai. on the Pali coast you can take. Yeah. And uh I'll I'll just hit people up and be like, Hey, like I'm I'd be happy to make you a video pay and I just come up with whatever it would cost to take my family there for like a week and then just do it. That's <laughs> and just pay for vacations. And it's like stuff that I would do anyway. Like yeah. if I was on a Nepali Coast boat tour, you better believe I'm filming the whole time I'm there anyway. Right. Like I'm that's like the best place to do it. And so I just use it to travel everywhere. And like that that lets me go to places like, you know, Hawaii is where we go a lot. I have family there. Um, but then we spend a lot of time in Southern California. We're big Disneyland fans. Um, and uh, we just find ways to position myself to make a quick video. My wife thinks of our trips in terms of how many videos would that cost? Like <laughs> That's so great. That's, there's no, there's no, not even a dollar value. It's like... New currency. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, like we can definitely go to Europe. It's like two videos. Yeah. I'm like... You recline. Yeah, okay, but I got to make those two videos, you know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so like it, we've used it to go on pretty much every vacation we go on. I remember I, I heard uh, an interview with um, Paul McCartney one time where he was talking about him, him and John Lennon's writing process. And they would he said that they would sit down and, and say something to each other like, hey, let's write ourselves a swimming pool. So, so real. Yeah. I mean, why not use your tool? Because it's like I can trade it. A lot of times it's like, hey, pay for this and I'll give you this. And I don't want to make profit here. I just want you to pay for my vacation. Yeah. Which to them is actually cheaper a lot of times. Because the other thing for me, the, I think the, the sweet spot that I find myself in is that people can hire me alone. Like I come in with just myself. So the overhead is very minimal. So I can charge a little less and still deliver a pretty high quality product, which gives me more wiggle room to do more things. Um, whereas if you go through production houses or you get with bigger budgets and everything else, you, you kind of lose that flexibility to be really lean that way. Right. Uh, then so, you don't have to deal with the union. Yeah. None of that. It's just like, I'll bring my camera and I'll see you there. And, uh, and so that's, that's been probably one of the cooler parts is that my wife and I, we love to travel and letting it do that for us is awesome. Man, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So small commercial break. We've got a new segment that we're doing on, uh, on what the F am I doing, uh, where you can get a hold of us, pay us money, and we will say something nice about you. So this is a new segment called our friend paid us money to say something nice about him. Uh, and here goes today. We're going to talk about my good friend, Thomas Herrera. <laughs> we can just train, train the camera on this one here. Camera two. Best segment of all time. Thomas Herrera is one hell of a guy. It's true. Let me tell you about my guy, Thomas. Thomas wanted us to tell the world that he has a super rad wife uh, that he's madly in love with. He also has two super cool kids. They're twins, so you know he's a Superman dad. Um, he also wants the world to know that his dad is from Mexico, and he's a badass. Um, I've met him. Can't confirm. He's a badass. Last time I saw him, we were... Uh, we were over at Thomas's and he was fixing Thomas's toilet. So he is a certified badass. Um, Thomas has a job that he would prefer that we don't mention, but rest assured, many would kill to do his job. Absolutely. Yeah, it's super fun. Has all kinds of fun perks. Um, he, uh, he's very good at that job too. Thomas is the kind of guy that you can call at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night um, and he will get out of bed, come into your 
restaurant help you clear out all of the kegs of beer in your walk-in cooler because the refrigerator has broke. Take that to his work where they have a giant walk-in refrigerator um, and store it. Um, use his own truck to do that. Uh, he'll bitch about it the entire time, but he will do that because he is that kind of friend. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, let's see. I think that's uh, I think that if you are lucky enough to know someone like Thomas Herrera in your life, uh, you're a lucky human being. Uh, I am lucky enough to know him. I haven't had the pleasure yet. Yeah, but you're still getting paid to say nice things about him. <laughs> so would you like to say anything nice about him? I think he's a man of men, and uh, his library smells of leather-bound books and rich mahogany. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so, uh, so that has been our segment. Um, a guy paid us money to say nice things about him. So thank you, Thomas, for being our first, uh, our first member of the segment. Cha-ching, Thomas. Thank you. Cha-ching. All right, now we're going we're gonna, uh, to ask Daniel some questions. If you, had to be, if you had to pick a superpower, what would it be? Good question. I mean... It's it's basic, but it's the best one, which is fly. Yeah, if without, you could, without a doubt, if you could fly, like I'm really afraid of heights. But if I if I could fly, I'm not sure. Would I be afraid of heights? Would you be afraid of heights? No, because you wouldn't fall. There's you no fear fall. of falling anywhere. God, that'd be so great. Just being able to zip through the skies, do whatever I want. It's yeah, incredible. It's a good one. Biggest irrational fear? Rats. Oh, that's a good one. Rats. Uh, my rats. My wife has to deal with. Rodent problems. I won't do it. I won't even look or mess with a dead one. Even Can't after making that video for the guy, how to kill rats? I was trying to overcome a fear, and I didn't know he was going to bring real rats to the shoot, and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm not playing. It was your I will, own personal fear I will, factor. like, mouth to mouth with a snake before yeah. I even have to look at a dead rat. You know that show Fear Factor that Joe Rogan did where they would pour rats over people or whatever? That would be the one where I would be out. Or snakes. But <sighs> out. You know that they probably question those people beforehand. And they're like, you know, what are you most scared of? I would be playing up something stupid like spiders or yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, there's a difference between like, oh, I'm so scared. Get me out of here. And like what I would do. I would like all limbs would break the glass. Yeah. I would cause like a major issue. I'd be ripping cameras off. Light. I, I would. Yeah. It's not the same. There when, would you, be when, snot. It's, when you have that kind of fear, it's like <laughs> not a cute thing. You'd be like, wow, that was traumatizing and not cool to do to a person. Yeah. Beyonce <laughs> would be off in the corner going, it's okay. It's okay. It'll be all right. You're going to do it's great. It's just a rodent. He's scared. What I always hear, they're more scared of you than you are of it. I'm like, not true. You're bullshit. They're, not true I'm not going to bite them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh -huh. First concert. Yellow card. Yellow card? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where that did you see yellow card? Pile in Portland. Yeah? I forget the venue, um, but that band, they were lame. The punk band with a violin? Yeah. Was it Roseland? Maybe. Did they play it Ocean Avenue Roseland. last? Yeah. What's that? Did they play Ocean Avenue last? Was uh, that the encore song? I, we left before it ended. They were that good? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I heard my favorite song, which was Breathe. Yeah. And the dude jumped off a speaker while playing violin. I'm like, oh, I, got, cool. I got what I needed. Yep. Where it was the, the horseshoe balcony, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. small little venue. You had to like walk upstairs to get to it. Yeah, yeah that was Roseland. Yeah, okay. I, I saw Lincoln Park there. You that did? Was my first concert at Lincoln Park. Yeah. Wow. Yellow nice. card. Uh, if you had a favorite candy, what is it? If I had a favorite candy? If I had it. I do guy. have a favorite yes, candy. Yes, all right. And the favorite candy is, uh, you know those almond roca? They're in a pink box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get them at Costco, I think. Yeah. Almond roca, whatever that. Yeah, I Those. think it's just called Almond Roca, right? I think maybe, I think yeah. So, yeah. And then they branch out. They've made Mocha Roca and <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff. That yeah, just, those. Yeah. Those are unreal. Yeah. That's those crazy. are one of those candies where I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to open this box up, I'm going to eat, definitely eat them until I'm sick. Yeah. Like yep. committing before I open the box, like that's the plan. Yeah. Eat till I feel sick. 
I'm glad I don't feel that way about any alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to go hard no matter what. Like if I felt the way All I, uh, about, if I felt about beer the same way that I feel about Oreo cookies, I'll always be passed out drunk on the floor from time to time. Yeah. Very yeah. quickly. <laughs> just, just knocking them out. Um, what odd thing are you elite at? Well, we, eh, right now in my current life, what am I? We're pretty good at 2K. I was good at 2K. Yeah. NBA 2K, I was ranked uh, nationally for a while, like top 50, which is cool. Right. Um, man, what odd thing am I elite at? That's probably the weirdest thing I got. Yeah. Because I just got really good at a basketball video game. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Uh... That's really cool. But that was before the there's a new level of NBA 2K gamer that two K nine, it was a different different time. The gaming wasn't where it is now. So I wouldn't even be able to be I couldn't even compete anymore. I've been playing two K with, with my, my sons and uh they're you know, I've been out of the video game world for a while. Um I was never good at it to begin with. So I'm I'm on I'm on YouTube like looking up how to do moves and it's crazy ridiculous the stuff you can do on there. This, the videos on that, I'm just like, God, I'm all right, I give up. I can't be this <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. Wait, I have another one. Okay. Driving in reverse. Yeah? Ooh. Yeah. Really confident at it. Really? Yeah. Like, do you do the arm over the seat? Yeah. yeah. Arm over the seat. And That's it's like, trick. and it's like, it's, it's this. I'm just no stopping. I'm going. A lot <laughs> of times, like, we'll go up to the mountain and like a logging gate will be closed. And my wife's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, Psh watch this and I just like I like look for those moments so I can drive backwards I still just want to be able to do what that. are we gonna do the same thing that I've been planning on doing since I figured out this trip what are we gonna do we're gonna put yellow card on I'm getting this out of here <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing we're going backwards we're going sideways we're sliding and we're out the coffee stand one time I had a guy get in line backwards and went through the entire line backing up one car at a time till he got to the front and we were the whole time just like we gotta hurry up and get to this guy like why is he going backwards and then we got up and it was he was too scared to like order so he had his wife do it oh man yeah so yeah. uh all right sean last question last question okay um if you were cruising down the road and you're jamming out the music okay and you're six foe and you have to choose a volume the volume is either five eight nine or ten what do you choose five eight nine or ten mm-hmm. ten ten yeah well, for what Who, reason who's listening to music in a car driving less than ten why? Yeah. Fair I mean, uh, if I'm alone, for sure. If I got people in the car, unless I'm, because it's like 10 or zero. Like if I'm having a convo, the music's a non factor. But if we're listening to tunes, blast it. Now, when you're, yeah. when you are backing up at a high rate of speed, do you turn the music down so you can drive better? No. I don't do that thing where it's like, let me turn it down so I can see better. Yeah. I don't do that. No. I'm like, I focus in harder when I got the tunes blasting. You know, and my wife, has this thing about volume that it cannot be an odd number unless it's a multiple <laughs> unless it's a multiple of five <laughs> if it's a multiple of five yes so you things like you things God. like 13 You're 17 is off Marvin. the table bless um, her heart oh but, my gosh uh, <laughs> apparently her amps don't go up to 11 <laughs> yeah but but we have to um she, she doesn't like it like full tilt like that um but the way i can work it in to make it loud is i'll turn it like all the way up to say 23 and she's like oh come on and that's a little bit louder than i would want she'll turn it down 
to 20, which is where I really want it. Right. So, win, win. so I make sure I just get yep. to an odd number, a little bit above what I want. And then she gets, gets Dude, it's, it's a weird question, but like, it, it's, it's funny because you get different answers every time. Like, I feel like that question now. is probably a good indicator of like the disc assessment and like those TTI things where you can like personality tests. I feel yeah. like someone who would say seven is probably a very even keeled, balanced person who mm -hmm. probably doesn't take a lot of risk, but also doesn't feel a lot of heartache. We've all been in a job where they would put you in a quadrant for that. I'm a, yeah. I'm a hard upper right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm like, and yeah, that's, so yeah, I guess my answer defines my personality type, which is 10. Obsessive it's, all the way or not at all. Zero. It's <laughs> weird because I've never taken that approach to that question really. Like, you know, like well, I'm like really analyzing you, but that is kind of the purpose of it. Is yeah, like, totally. And I didn't get in from anything. Like, it was just something like, it's so like, funny. It's a good question. I really, I I really love the time. idea that like there are those of us I think probably you and I that are like, no, this is music and it's meant to be listened to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm not even thinking about the number on the dial. It's just like, this is as far as the dial goes or whatever, or it's off so I can talk. Yeah. But then there are other people like Beth and Sean that, that are like, no, it actually, I visually volume. have to see a, an even number or else I cannot enjoy this music. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just can't stop thinking about it, man. more frustrating than trying to crank it up because that song is just like... The jam and it deserves to be played loud, but it, you it's know, it can go so louder much. somewhere, but it's just not doing it. It's not there. It's true. Oh, just, there's nothing that irks me every time. So true. We, uh, we just road trip to Colorado and on the way back, we were listening to, um, New Year's Day bowl games. Mm -hmm. And, um, I discovered that, that my wife needs the volume on in the car if we're listening to a game, which is super rad that she's super into listening to games on the, you know, on, on the road. Um, but it needs to be at like stadium level. <laughs> she yeah. wants that thing cranked to 11 yeah, to yeah. hear it all. She's like, why would we listen to this if we're not actually listening to it? Yeah. Like, right on. That's Crank awesome. it up. So to go off of your uh, 20 to 23 to 20. Yeah. So my wife, she'll, uh, I'll, I'll have it up and it'll be loud and then she'll turn it down. But it's at an obnoxious quiet. Like, yeah. you know, it's not in the middle where it's like, okay, we can turn it off already. And, yeah. You know, it's not, you know, whatever. So I made a game out of just slowly using that volume on the steering wheel. Yep. Just, that's great because it doesn't show on the thing. Yeah, oh, how loud genius. can I get it before she notices that, that I is turned genius. it up? <laughs> All right. We've got to get you out of here. Uh, last question. Yeah. Um, what is your what the F am I doing moment? Yeah. C can I give one really short, silly one, but then give a real one? You can give as many as you want. All right. Short, silly one. Um you guys ever know, heard of the store Buckle? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was probably it was probably like, uh, gosh, like eight years ago now, and uh, we were at the mall in Eugene, and I was just we were shopping around, and uh, my wife was shopping for something where I didn't want to be in there, so I was just walking around, and I walked into Buckle. I didn't, I'd never been in the store before, no idea what it was, didn't know what they had. I just saw like guy stuff, so I'm like. I'll go in there. Yeah. I didn't realize they only carry bedazzled jeans. Yeah. Didn't know that. Um, but I go in there, and I'm just going to fast forward to the what the F am I doing moment. I come out of a dressing room wearing, I kid you not, nine layers on me and four necklaces, a bunch of wristbands. I've got a hat, and she's holding another hat for me to try with the ensemble, and I've got bedazzled jeans on. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And I looked in the mirror, and I go... What what am I doing here? Am I trying to <laughs> show this right now? Is that what is? Out, and I don't know if you guys have ever been in a buckle. Their sales tactics are fairly aggressive. Yeah. 
And she, I'm the kind of person that's like, I'm not trying to make other people feel bad. So she's like, she's like, oh my gosh, you would look just so great in this, this, this. She goes, come on. And she goes to the dressing room and throws all this stuff in there. She goes, put it on. I just want to see. And I'm like, not even, and I think now with some wisdom behind me, I, I could have easily been like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, but at the time I'm like, I guess I'm doing this. Right. And I just, it was one of those moments where I was like, how did I get here? I mean, no joke. I had on like an undershirt, tank top, t-shirt, long sleeve shirt, jacket, like all these layers on. And she wanted me to buy all of it. Yeah. And I, and I, my what wife came in to buckle and she goes, like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> what is happening here? Uh, it was wild. It was a weird experience. Sorry, I don't know. This lady has, the, she's a Jedi. Yeah. I went there recently uh, because I needed pants and we were, we were, we were traveling and my pants that I brought to wear, I uh, had like this, a tear in them or whatever. I'm like, oh shoot. All right. I got to go buy pants. Going to the mall. And, and I, I roll into buckle and same thing, bedazzled pants. And I've been talking to the, the salesperson and she's like, yeah, you know, you just go into the, into the room, close the door. I'm going to throw a bunch of pants for you to try on up over the door. I'm like, okay. And so every one of them is like, you know, bedazzled, bedazzled, bedazzled. And, uh, <laughs> and pretty soon, uh, she's like, so what do you think of these brand? No, 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 it's, it's gems like just on gems the on the on they the, have on gems the butt. On it. Yeah, every sometimes even pair. with a flap over the back pockets for dudes. For every, dudes, every yeah. single pair. And okay. and so and she goes, <laughs> she's she's like, "What do you think of those?" And, um, I uh, I'm still pretty happily married. Do you have anything that aren't bedazzled? Like, I haven't, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone through that divorce yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. Great. And she was like, it was so funny because it took her a second, and she was like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then she brought me pants that weren't bedazzled. I'm like, oh, you do have them. They do okay. have them. They must be in the back hidden somewhere. They, yeah, yeah. That's, in the back. Do right. you have a happily... <laughs> we got another one. Doesn't yeah. want the bedazzles. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, this, this asshole's happily married too. <laughs> All right. Send these off to Claire's. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, so you're... Anyway, so the, the actual moment though uh, was was truly like the life-changing, pivotal um, like moment in my life. And it was the first time... I can honestly say the first time I ever had uh, like self-awareness. I think up until this point in my life, I had been like constantly just being like, I'm the best. I know it. I'm going to do what I want to do and I'll win no matter what. Even though my track record like didn't showcase that. I just felt that way. And I always thought confidence, 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 right? And I finally had a moment of self-awareness and it's when I moved to LA Um it was shortly after my wife and I got married and we moved to LA, lived with my aunt. My aunt had a house in Beverly Hills, her and her husband, very well off. They just gave us a part of their house to live in for free, like living for free. And the whole reason we went down there was because I was going to be the next like big producer and make beats for like Drake. Like that was like the plan, you It'll know, be the only like one. not joke, no joke. Like that the plan was to go down and make it as a producer. Yeah. Like that was really what I was doing. I mean, you remember, I used to make music and yeah. like, and we moved, I moved my wife from our home down to Beverly Hills to do this. And, uh, we were there for eight or nine months and never made, I still to this day, never made a dollar from music. And I didn't even have like an opportunity to do anything for anybody. Right. And the one thing I had going and I spent two days putting this whole thing together was my aunt, her masseuse also was George Lucas's wife's masseuse. And she said she'd give him my demo CD. Big in the rap game. 
George Lucas. Yeah. And, and I'm not playing. I was like, this is my moment. Here's, this is my moment. This is it. I'm going to make it. Holy smokes. I can't believe it. I was telling people about it. It was like this thing. And uh, I remember I took this. We went to Disneyland to take a picture of me to put on the CD cover um, and, uh, and gave it to her. And I remember the self-awareness moment came like two weeks after I'd given her the CD. And I said the sentence out loud and it just punched me in my brain. And I said, what am I doing? I'm waiting to hear back from George Lucas's wife's masseuse, whether or not he likes my music. And I was like, it, it just like, it was almost like this moment of just absolute, I unlocked something in my brain. Yeah. A door opened and I went, and I, I looked at my wife who's like, we were living, don't get me wrong, living in Beverly Hills was not bad, but still we're living in this room at my aunt's place and I'm working at a coffee shop there. We're not like just what I mean, where, what is, what is going on here? Like, am I really, is this really what I'm going to do with my life? And we decided the next day to move home. Wow. And, uh, that's when I came back. I reached out to you, got a job with you. And that trajectory is how I ended up doing what I'm doing today. I'm you're welcome. I mean, no joke, bro. <laughs> no joke. I mean, I don't want to get weird. Like you do, you play a critical piece in like in that journey of like of the transition from self-awareness and realizing like, man, I need to be a little more humble. Like I need to, I need to be willing to not think I'm always the best in the room. And I got to always be willing to, you know, like when I was working with you, it was like, I'll do stock. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do the the waste tank. Like, and I had to try to like not be too good for stuff. Because at the time, I'm like, uh, you know, George Lucas's masseuses, he's going to hear my demo CD. So it was just like this weird yeah. thing. And that just made me finally start to care about my future and like what I was going to do. I may only be here for a minute. If this masseuse slash agent gets back to me, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think she spoke English, to be honest with you. I mean, you could get a call from George Lucas at any minute now. So what he's if, got that what Disney if he just money, finds so. it? It's he finds it at his house somewhere. Like, this kid's got talent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jay, hey, somebody get Jay Z on the phone oh here. I've gosh. got something here that he needs to hear. Yeah, but that I mean, that was it, man. That, that was that moment of realization, and I finally was. I realized again that moment. If you, if you guys have ever had that moment of like self awareness yeah. hitting you in the face yeah. and being like. Whoa! I, I, I think, feel like I've been there. I don't know if I've had like the full fledged one yet, but I like feel the like uppercut. Yeah, for yeah. me it was an uppercut. People it was aren't a, always smart enough to realize that that's what it is. I mean, sometimes it's just like, oh, I was just having a bad day or whatever. Like you, you. I mean, good for you for having the self awareness to be like, okay, wait, like you know, and it's not, you know, you didn't you change life paths. You didn't change the trajectory. You were still moving up, right? I mean, you had to take a, a small step back, obviously, right? But but I mean, so many people I think would have just missed that exit entirely and just kept on trucking until right. they, you know. Well, and I can't, and I don't, I don't at all look at any of that stuff as regret either because my understanding of music, which while I can't make you a fat beat, um, does help me greatly when it comes to producing videos. Okay. And you got to meet Robert Downey Jr. And I got, I mean, I wouldn't have had that story at all right? had I not gone down there. This it's podcast true. would have been like, 25% less cool. It's tr- so true. <laughs> so thank you. I could have only name dropped Little Wayne at that point. Right? That would have Ugh. been, you got to balance it out with a really, really cool one. <laughs> so true. So uh, on behalf of, of what the F am I doing, thank you very much. You guys, Daniel Jeremiah, where can people find you if they need to have some bitchin' documentary uh, footage? Or a fat beat. <laughs>
Or a fat beat. Or a fat beat. I mean, yeah. hey, I got the stuff still. I'm just yeah. saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, the best way to hit me up, honestly, is dalenjeremiah.com. It's my website. You can reach out there and message me there. I'm on Instagram. Uh, we were talking about it before we started recording. I don't, I'm don't. i not super crazy active. I'm trying to change that. Um, but for work, definitely just my website, dalenjeremiah.com. Super easy. That is super easy, especially if you know how to spell Jeremiah. That's actually a good point. That's so toughy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a weird spelling either. It's just yeah. Jeremiah. But I'm holding on to that that domain by the way because there's a really popular nfl analyst whose name is daniel jeremiah yep. and i know one day he's going to want that domain i was looking the and first i will sell it happily for yeah. a healthy fee the uh the, <laughs> i was looking for one of your videos on youtube one time and then spilled into that daniel jeremiah's realm real hard and i was like well this is cool too yeah <laughs> yeah he destroys me on search results i'll say that <laughs> yeah, i mean take it from a bunch of guys who started a podcast called what the f am i doing uh, sometimes you've got some similarly named stuff out there. So true. You just gotta stand up in the crowd. Man. That's right. That's right. That's it. That's right. Baby. You people need to find you. We'll That's put right. a link in the uh, description for his website. Yeah. So yeah, you, in you can't. Sell it. In case thank you're like you. me, don't know how to spell Jeremiah. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. This is really cool. Hell yeah, man. Hey, our pleasure. Right on. All right, you guys. You've made it to the end of another exciting episode of What the F Am I Doing. Hey, listen, big thanks to our buddy Daniel. Uh, it was super fun to talk to him. Uh, special thanks to producer Nate for putting this all together and doing a great job behind the boards and behind the scenes. Thank you to Sean for hanging out with me and looking sexy on that couch all the time. Um, beyond that, you guys, thank you. Please do us a favor. Check us out on all the socials. You know where to find us. If you haven't checked them out already, what the F are you doing? Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time.